I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a million every week. I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a billion every week. I wanna be a billionaire. Billionaire, I wanna be a billionaire. Billionaire, I wanna be a billionaire. Welcome to the first episode of Stop the Banky and TTV. I am your host, Johnny Vegas. And my first guest, I wanna say it's an honor to have him on the show, you know. He's a legend in the game in my eyes. He's, you know, been known as Professor Ogilvy. I'm sure for what? all of his life, you know, you can see him on a weekend with the family with Marcus Houston on Netflix. Ladies and gentlemen, Dorian Wilson. What up? <laughs> How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. I'm Good. doing well. Let me ask, do you do you consider yourself a legend at this point? Um, <laughs> it's so funny you ask, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, people stop me all the time now, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I have been in the game for a, a second, and I have people now. <laughs> well, we don't want to date myself, yeah. but I have people stopping me, saying they grew up watching me on television, and um, you know, which is really cool. And I remember uh, thinking. When I first moved to LA, the people that I worked with, some of the great people that I worked with, um, you know, I grew up watching my, myself, uh, Sherman Hemsley mm -hmm. in particular. I did a show with him uh, called Good Behavior. Mm -hmm. And I played his son, but I remember that first day coming on the set and going, oh my God, George Jefferson, <laughs> you know, I'm working side by side with him, you know. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> and, you know, so, you know, I guess it's that type of feel for, you know, the people that see me on the street that, you know, and I'm real accessible. So people think that they know me right. and get real comfortable real quick um, because they, you know, see me so much on television. So um, in essence, yeah, I, I guess so. You know, I've been around. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I find that a little weird too that because sometimes I'm not going to lie, like I see a lot of people on TV multiple times and when I see them in person, I try to relate, yeah. you know, as if I know them already. And I know it might come off uncomfortable depending yeah. on your approach, uh -huh. but you know, I, it always worked for me. I try not to make it weird. I just try to be cool and kind of give, uh, I guess, celebrities a sense of someone real as opposed to someone approaching them like as a fan or that wants something yeah, from them yeah. to kind of build a strong rapport and relationship yeah. with them. But it's a little different from you with you because you're in the business so you you have that savvy you that understanding of where you know where to draw the line and how to come at somebody like that. Mm -hmm. I meet people all the time especially in the south no, no offense <laughs> but who have never seen celebrities before and you know don't quite know how to approach and um, you know so you get the extreme where you're like, get over here, take bitch with me. It's like, uh, I don't know you, you know, right. or, you know, the big women who want to hug on me and blah. that was the script. Uh -huh. And I got paid for doing that. You know, you can't just rub on me, yeah. you know, and, and then you'll get the other people like uh, if I'm with my family having dinner and, uh, you know, somebody will be polite enough to wait until I'm finished eating, get ready to leave. I've been, I'm, I'm a fan, and I just wanted to take a picture. I wanted to wait until you finish, and blah blah blah. I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> let's let's take a photo session, you right. know. So it, it's cool. That's what's up. Man. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So tell me, how many times a day that you get called Professor Ogilvy? A lot, <laughs> a lot. Um, you know, and at first I was like a little annoyed, but then the alternative is if nobody recognizes you or you're not known for anything, it's like. Um, I'd rather be bothered, right. you know, so people still know who I am and they appreciate what I did. Mm. Um, and the the role, let's face it, was pretty iconic, you know. Um, it 
it defined my place as an actor. I, I would say, even though that was my fifth uh, series regular mm -hmm. um, on television, um, you know, I'm on two other shows right now too. But I, I'm sure I'll always be known as Professor. You know. And I'm not mad at it. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't be mad. Like yeah, said, it's a. It kind of will op open the door. I mean, introduce you to me. Yeah, you know, as Professor Ogilvy, and then I watched the show. I enjoyed your character, and then I seen you progressing in your right. career, and it right. was like, wow. And then to meet you, it's like an honor. Yeah. So, Thank you. No problem, man. Yeah. So, uh, what's what's some of the latest things you have now? You know, cause I'm sure people probably still only know you for Professor Ogilvy. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, I looked at your IMDb. It's like, yeah, it's, it's mad crazy, yeah. man. But the, the funny thing is, people stop me on the street all the time. Time. And because I was in one uh, position all the time, they knew where to find the Parkers. And, you know, it runs like five times a day or, or whatever. So people, you know, associate me with that. But I've done so many other things. Um, you know, I've done a lot of dramatic stuff. I've done uh, plays and, and whatnot. Um, so, you know, I'm always going to continue to do theater. Um, that's my first love. And mm -hmm. that's where I grew up in the theater. Um, I was in the Bay Area for a long time. And my wife and I kept flying uh, to L.A. for different parts and, and uh, roles and auditions. Mm -hmm. And so finally she was like, you know what, we need to move out here. And we did. I did the waiter bartender thing for six months, Oof. and I landed the role on Dream On, mm -hmm. and you know had that for six years. And I was doing Sister Sister at the same time as Dream On. Yeah. I was juggling both of them, you know. And I was just like, this is overwhelming. But right now, I'm um, I'm working on a movie um, that I'm filming in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I play a bishop, and then I start a play. Um, the beginning part of May mm. in Atlanta as well. And then yesterday, I just got another role, which is a movie, and I'm not even sure what the, the script is, but I was offered the role, which is always very nice, mm -hmm. um, to shoot in Nashville. Wow. Yeah. We Congrats. just, yeah, thank you. We just wrapped our fourth season on In the Cut, mm -hmm. and that's on Bounce TV. TV our way. Um, and so we did 13 episodes, man, in 11 days. Wow. 13 episodes in 11 days. It's, what were the hours like for that? It's just ridiculous, man. I, sl <laughs> I slept after we finished the two weeks or, you know, 11 days or whatever. Yeah. But it, it's crazy, and there's nothing to prepare you for it mm -hmm. other than just being a professional and being in the business for so long. We have uh, an amazing um, core of actors that are series regulars. Mm -hmm. I play opposite of Kalita Smith, right. who was from the Bernie Mac show. She was uh, the wife on the Bernie Mac show. Mm -hmm. um, John Marshall Jones, he was a father on Smart Guy. And uh, Ken uh, Lawson, who was on the Parkers, mm -hmm. uh, he played T on the Parkers, he plays my son. Yeah. And, um, and so... I can't forget Miss Laura, who was from the Queens of Comedy mm -hmm. and is my heart and my joy. The great Laura. Um, yeah, oh my gosh. She, <laughs> she's our anchor. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, you, you have all these people who have been established and been in the business so, so long. So they can pick up the ball and just keep rolling with it. Uh, but it's not easy to do. So a typical day would be me going to the gym at 5 a.m., mm -hmm. getting to the studio around 7 we're there until like 10.30 at night. Then I go home and I try to look at my script for the following day. Mm. And I'll probably last an hour, hour and a half and before I passed out. Because, you know, let's face it, it's a, a rigorous, um, you know, day. Mm. And so like around 3.30, I'm like, oh, oh, shit, I got I to gotta learn my lines for yeah. the next day. 
So 3.30 to 5, 5, I'm back at the gym, and that's how each day is. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. Wow. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad you brought that up about your script preparation. I was going to ask you, what's your, um, <clears throat> I guess, your process when it comes to learning your lines? Yeah. Um, you know, especially when you got a long script. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? So tell me about that. It's hell. No, um, it, it's it's a lot, man. Uh, thank God I, I grew up in the theater, mm-hmm. so you know you you constantly learning lines and, and whatnot. So pre, uh, pretty much it comes easy for me. Mm-hmm. But I will just dissect each scene and go over it several times, um, and then you start getting the continuity of what comes next, mm-hmm. and it just kind of falls into place. The real. Um, Solidification, if that's even a word. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's crazy, even if it's not. Right. I know what he's Didn't it about. sound like it, it, it was. I got yeah, you. Anyway. I got you. Um, <laughs> the real process comes when we get in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. We're uh, able to do rehearse like three or four times. We have a camera block mm-hmm. uh, for the cameras to see exactly the movement that we're going to do. Mm-hmm. So all the while we're rehearsing and learning our lines, and it helps when you have other people saying their actual uh, lines and the inflection and and how it's going to be by the time you know the fourth time rolls around you pretty much got it oh okay so, so there's yeah. a lot of rehearsal but yeah it's a, it's it's a lot um uh, but it's not actually. But um, it, I have anywhere from fourteen to seventeen scenes a day because I'm the lead of the show. So mm-hmm. it, you know, no matter how much you want to learn these lines, it's like you learn the lines and throw it out of your mind. Yeah. You know, so you can get to the next one. So yeah. Now that's cool that you have the the rehearsal preparation. To yeah. Kinda, and it, everybody's telling you, okay, do it like this, do it like that, and, and you're kind of formulating it together. Right. But now, without anyone. How do you prepare for an audition? Because that you got to do alone. It's the same process, man. I sit and I I just go over the script. Um, I I used to put myself on tape, uh, like a recorder tape, and do the other people's lines and uh, learn my lines that way. But, you know, for an audition, you usually, at the very most, have maybe eight pages. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, uh, the movie that I just auditioned for, it was eight pages long, and on every damn page, he had a monologue. And I was like, oh, man, are you kidding? Because pretty much after the first or two pages or whatever, the the casting people, they got it, you know, or the producer or the director. They've got it, whether or not you're right for this role. So Mm -hmm. it's it's so frustrating when you have to learn that much. Um, But anyway, I learned um, these eight pages. I flew out to Atlanta for this audition. Mm. I met with the casting director. He was just like, you know what, man? We talked for like 20 minutes. He was like, you know what? I'm just going to pitch you. You don't even have to audition. And blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, no, damn it. You, you are going to listen to me after I learned all these damn pages. You won't listen to me. Uh, and I did it and just totally nailed it because I was so comfortable with the uh, casting person and yeah, it was cool though, but it's a lot. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. It's mm-hmm. funny that you mentioned the whole recording yourself and listening yeah, to it. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. I, do the audition I think a lot of people do. Or you, you grab a buddy or whatever and read opposite of them. Right. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, I do that. That's what you. Yeah, I do that because um, when I, I started writing music, mm-hmm. so in order for me to re- memorize my rhymes, 
as I'm writing it, I'm rehearsing it right. line for line. So when I get to like the end of the song, right. I know the whole song right then. So nice. I would have to like hear myself say, and then as I'm recording it, I mean, as I record it and I hear it, it's easy for me to perform because I already memorized the word while I'm recording it. Right. So I basically just took that process and implemented it on the whole album Absolutely. thing. And uh, it's, it works for me. It works it's for me. whatever works for you, you know, because everybody does it differently, um, you know, but uh, the end result is you just... You, you get it in your head, you sleep on it or whatever, mm -hmm. let it marinate, and then you come back to it and just nail it, you know? So, it's a long process. Yeah, but I'm down for the ride. Yeah, right? So <laughs> tell me, what inspired you to be an actor? Like, in the very beginning, like, what made you decide, I want to be an actor and yeah. get paid from it? It was the only thing I could do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I always... Um, yeah, I was like the class clown. Uh, you know, I yeah, I put on little skits. Mm -hmm. I used to put on magic acts for uh, my family. I, I really sucked at it, but I charged them anyway. <laughs> you know, just it, bigger than life. Yeah. And so when I went through high school, I did uh, forensics, um, speech tournaments, and whatnot, mm -hmm. and I excelled um, in that. I did theater. Um, for all four years, but I also, you know, uh, ran track and I, I played basketball, and so that was what I would have done mm. or would have uh, attempted to do. Right. But um, I just got bit, and it just kind of skyrocketed. When I was a junior in uh, high school, I auditioned for the training school that I went to called mm. Pacific Conservatory of Performing Arts, okay. where you have singing, dance, mime, voice. Um, every day, mm. and then you—it's uh, a two-year two-year program. Then you graduate from there. You can become a, a part of their core of actors who actually perform on the main stage. Mm. That. Uh, I think housed like 2,000 people. Right. Um, so when I was a junior, I auditioned. They sent me an acceptance letter for when I graduate because they didn't take undergrads um, at the time. Mm. And so I had this piece of paper when I graduated and I went through the training program. That's great, bro. It was dope. Yeah. It was dope. I was just like, okay, great. I had no idea. I, I, I didn't know what it meant, what it entailed. I knew this is what I wanted to do, though. That's what's up, man. Yeah. So, um, what what motivates you to keep acting and continue this career path at this at this time after doing so much? I mean, you could yeah. probably retire now and die a legend. Uh, one more again, the paycheck. <laughs> 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 no, um, it's what I love to do, man. Um, I, I, I said this before, and I'll, I'll keep reiterating it. Right. Um, to be able to do what you love to do and to get a paycheck for that, it, there's nothing like it. So right. doing the, the Parkers, it wasn't work at all. Mm. It was like I was playing with my friends all day, mm -hmm. and you know, at the end of the week, I got a paycheck, a great paycheck. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but for something I would. I wouldn't have did it for free, but I'm yeah. glad I got the paycheck. But, um, you know, that. But this is my craft. This is what I learned to do. This is what I love to do. And to, you know, keep reinventing yourself and um, different roles and different parts that challenge your, um, yourself. Um, it's what keeps me motivated. But there's so much more stuff that I, I, I still want to accomplish. I want to direct. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to continue writing. Um, I have a one-man show that I'm doing um, that I'll be doing this summer that I've done before mm -hmm. um, for a short stint. But I want to uh, actually have a tour of it. It's called Unringing the Bell. Mm -hmm. And what that means is once a bell has been rung, 
you can't unring it. Right. And so the way it applies to life is when something happens to you, you have to release it, let it go, give it to God, and mm -hmm. move on. Right. And so I play seven different characters who are all in this uh, group therapy session, mm. and uh, they all have a story to tell um, that they have to release and let go, including myself, uh, who is the last character. And I play myself. And I talk about the day that my mother passed mm. and I started heavily drinking. And so it's all in there, man. It's pretty heavy, uh, but it's super, super funny as well. Um, but the, the stories are really gripping. And I, um, I wrote it, it n none of it is, is uh, true, except for my story, mm -hmm. um, except for, um, you know, bits and pieces of the characters that I've talked to several, you know, people just get ideas and whatnot. But um, it's, um, it's, it's something I'm really proud of. And it was cathartic um, when my mom passed to be able to write this and to release, uh, you know, all the demons and everything that was going through me at the time. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta let stuff go. I mean, I let go of her memory, but just of that yeah. feeling, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that hurt, that pain. It's something when somebody says, you know, uh, my grandma passed, or it's, uh, you know, I had a friend, or but when it happens to you and it's that immediate, it's a whole nother thing, man. And so, you know, it was it was quite devastating. And, um, you know, but I got through and I'm on the other side, and, yeah. you know, yeah. Just continue to pray, brother, and yeah. I'm sure she's looking down, super proud of you, man. Yeah, she you better know. be. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Tell me, man, what what is the role you're, you're most proud of? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I take a little bit of every uh, part that I, um, and I, I do relish a, a lot of them. Right. But um, there's so much stuff that I've, I've done, so much content. I, I Like I said, I did theater for years. Mm -hmm. I, I did all of Shakespeare's. Um, I did uh, Slow Dance on the Killing Ground. Killing Ground. Um, I did You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. You know, just everything, every gamut. Mm -hmm. um, but I've had a really good experience with a lot of them. And I can't, I wouldn't be able to pinpoint it. But, you know, the Professor Ogilvy's right up there. You know, just to be able to play opposite of my entire cast, Monique especially. Mm -hmm. um, it was a, a blessing and a dream. So That's yeah. cool. That's yeah. cool. So tell me, what do you look for in a good agent or manager? Um, somebody who's right or die, you know, who you don't have to keep constantly call and, you know, get on them and be like, oh, you know what, I, uh, you, you have anything for me? What's coming up? I haven't heard from you, but, you know, that type of thing. <clears throat> and you said an agent. The difference between an agent and a manager is you have somebody as a manager specifically who is calling up different casting people, different um, productions and saying, hey, I have Dorian Wilson. Um, you know, I think he'd be perfect for this part, blah, blah, blah. Or he loves your show. Can he at least take a meeting? So you have that one on one. An agent looks at the breakdowns and the breakdowns is what is comes through a computer um, and it has a listing of all the different roles. And it says looking for an African-American male between the ages of 40 and 60 to play a smooth talking blah, 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 mm -hmm. you know, type of, and then my agent then will 
submit my headshot mm -hmm. and my resume and then the casting person then calls and says you know what um, Dorian would be perfect we want to see him at 130 on Wednesday or whatever okay so um, but that agent I need that person to believe in me as much as I believe in myself right to get myself out there and to you know really pitch for me right so uh, you have somebody believe in you Gotcha. Yeah. How long did it take you to join the Screen Actors Guild? Uh, it, <laughs> this is really sad. It was not sad, <laughs> sad. but it's not, it's not heard of. Um, like three months into, wow. yeah. It was crazy. I did uh, a commercial workshop mm -hmm. because coming from the, uh, the Bay Area, uh, you know, and I did theater, theater, oh, and I, <laughs> knew, I knew everything <laughs> there was to know about theater, and um, so I was like, you know, if I get into a uh, commercial workshop, mm. at the end of the six weeks, you have different directors, producers, and agents who then come see you, mm. do your finished products, right. and so out of the eight um, different people that were in the room that came to see us, like six of them wanted to sign me. Yeah. And wow. so I picked an agency that was affiliated. They had another branch in the Bay Area mm -hmm. that I was familiar with. So I went with them. They sent me out on my first audition. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I did a Long John Silver's commercial oh, and wow. I played this pirate. Then I came in, I blacked out my tooth. I had a bandana <laughs> on. And I was like in a, a big ass earring. Yo ho, you know, <laughs> doing it. But it worked, and they had to tap heartly me, meaning they had to join, make me join the union mm. and pay for it mm. um, because they wanted me for the commercial. Wow. Is that crazy or That's what? Awesome, this is man. the first shot out. But, it, you know, then after that, uh, it was like two months uh, after that mm. um, that they called me yeah. uh, for an audition. I'm like, hey, you, you remember I got that, you know, what, what's happening? Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't all, you know, just uphill, but I, I, I've been able to go like this, and mm -hmm. that's all that matters. That's to all me. you need. Most down. You know, the most car's down. still in motion. I have never had another job. Wow. So that, that, that's saying something, and I've been here for. 25 years or yeah. so. Yeah. Well, we don't want to age. Yeah, I, I, I probably cut that back a little bit too. So, anyway. No, that's cool, man. Yeah. So, for, for up and coming um, inspiring actors, do you recommend that they join SAG immediately or at least let their resume build up? Especially now since there's a lot more non union work going mm -hmm. on. You know, so do you recommend that they join immediately? Um, well, I, I, unless you have a story like me, you're not going to join immediately. You're mm -hmm. going to get your hours. You're going to have to put in time to, you know, background stuff um, to uh, accrue so many hours of being on a union set. Right. Um, you know, so it's a whole process. And then um, the other thing is if you're a starving artist and, um, you know, you're just trying to make it, you came here and with $65, the, the fee <laughs> is just amazing. Uh, it's incredible now. It's like three thousand dollars. Thirty-two hundred. Okay, yeah. I guess. <laughs> right, you're like to be exact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know, you you got to weigh all of that stuff. But in the long run, this is going to be your craft. This is what you want to do. Um, you know, uh, it's beneficial. I, I would think. You know, mm -hmm. and especially if you want them great jobs uh, on television or uh, film. You know, uh, most of the jobs are union. There are a lot of uh, non-union stuff um, that is out there, but um, yeah, I would I would say go for it. 
Yeah, I feel the same way. I just hear it from, you know, as a newcomer in the acting world, you know, I'm around a bunch of other newcomers mm-hmm. and they're all telling me that they're hearing from other people that you don't want to join immediately because there's a lot of non-union work, you know, but then I'm like, well, you could do three background non-union jobs and that's equivalent to one union job as a background right. doing the same exact thing. So how does that make sense? And then they're like, oh, but if you join, you can't do non-union work and then you might have those oh, gaps. And I'm like, <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, I think like this, like, I'm not you and you're not me. You right. know? I might be what they're looking for, I might not, but if I don't try, then I'm just going to be waiting, exactly. listening to you. Yeah. So that's that's how I felt about it. Yeah, this, this uh, business is so crazy, so fickled. Um, and one of the things that just reminded me when you were saying that is, you know, um, going into an audition, you can only do the best that you can do. Right. Um, I leave, if I totally nail something and I don't get the role, it's not going to be because I didn't do the best I could, mm-hmm. but it's it's going to be because I'm too tall, too short, too dark, too light, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't look right uh, opposite of, you know, somebody else. But if I can do the best I can and leave, you know, feeling good about what I did, I, I release it and I let it go versus, build, um, you know, having a horrible audition, beating yourself up and then, you know, you don't get called on top of it. You're right. Like, My life is over. Oh I'm never going to work. I'm never going to work. This yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you just have to release it because you, you just never know what they want. And, um, you know, all the variables that play into it, mm-hmm. you can just do the best you can, you know. Right, as you should, as yeah. you should. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me, was there ever a role that you didn't want to do or you felt uncomfortable doing, but you still did it for the sake of creating content or the paycheck? Um <laughs> not not so much. Every role I've done, I'm pretty happy about. Um, I, what I will tell you is that mm-hmm. I was shocked by the first job that I had, which was uh, Dream On on okay. HBO. Um, it, it, a very rated R. It was yeah. like the first Sex in the City. And, Don't uh, ask me why I was watching HBO at like 11 or 12. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, people had to sneak to watch it. Yeah. I'm surprised I had to do it. Um, yeah. Well, I didn't have to do it, but I got the role uh, of Eddie Charles, and mm-hmm. I played uh, opposite of the lead character, Martin Tupper. And um, both of us were like playboys, and mm-hmm. we were in bed with different women every week. And so, like, I had all these sex scenes and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know if I would have per se, you know, said this is exactly what I want to do for my first job, mm-hmm. but um, I got a paycheck too, and I got to. Uh, be in bed with different women. Bond the women yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a great job. But I mean, even when they say, you know, they're clearing the set, that means instead of 100 people on set, there's 50 watching you do this awkward, you know, kind of hiding stuff and yeah. positioning yourself and whatnot. Uh, yeah, okay. something. So now you mentioned being in bed with different women on that set, right? You know, and I and I know you're married. Yeah. You know, yeah. was there ever like any yeah. uh, jealousy? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, um, we you, uh, we've known each other uh, since sixth grade. Okay. So yeah, we grew up together. We're we're that close. We're each other's best friend, and um, but this one particular time, and on Dream On. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, <laughs> my wife came to the set and she was with my sister, and it was a, an episode where I was um, engaged to Vanessa Bell Calloway. Okay, and um, we had this engagement party, and so she comes over to me and she has all this dialogue about how nervous she is and blah blah blah, and I'm like, baby, calm down, calm down. And so then I I reach in and I give her this big strong kiss. And then I pulled away, kind of buckled my knees a little bit, and I'm just looking at her, gazing at, at her eyes, and she's like, say your lie, Negro. <laughs> your wife is right over there. Say your lie. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then I say my line. So later on, uh, like the next day, we have uh, what is called dailies, and it's a cassette, t uh, it's a tape mm. of what you did uh, the day prior mm. and the, your different takes and whatnot. So we're sitting there watching together, mm. me and my wife, and so that scene comes up, and I knew it was coming up, but I didn't know how prominent it was going to, you know, be. And yeah. <laughs> so here, here's that take, and so all of a sudden, like it. <laughs> lit my chest up and we laughed about it but um, yeah <laughs> you know just stuff like that but nothing just really over the top um, and, and uh, I thank God that I had a dude that I played opposite of mm. that wasn't a lech right. you know because I could have easily fell in and been like oh man we get to you know hang out with all these babes and what and he was married uh, or still is I think okay. uh, to Madeline Stowe nice. who is you know this gorgeous uh, woman who they've been married for many many years so he was settled and thank God <laughs> yeah, so it was cool yeah that's awesome mm -hmm. man so tell me, um, is there a role that you haven't played that you always wanted to, that you haven't done already? Um, I don't know about a specific role. Mm -hmm. um, what I would love to do is um, like a, a thriller, mm -hmm. um, like, uh, you know, where I play this bad dude and, you know, just a little crazy, a little off. Yeah, you're you always know? a good guy. I, I, I am, but there are things that I've done that people, you know, may not necessarily have done mm -hmm. uh, or have seen. Mm -hmm. um, I played this deranged dude that shot up an airplane with a gun. and, wow. and what not with a gun. <laughs> with a gun. And, uh, uh, you know, I there's some really dramatic stuff that I've done, but I want to be able to branch out and do more stuff. Excuse me. Um, do more stuff like that, um, so people can see another side of me. Mm -hmm. When uh, I first came to LA, I uh, I got this role, uh, Dream On, mm -hmm. and played uh, this comedy dude. And right. so after for six years, I'm you know on this television show. People know me now, mm -hmm. and I got kind of pigeonholed as the funny guy, right. you know and. Like I said, I, I've done all of Shakespeare and uh, all these classical stuff and, you know, dramatic stuff. And so I wasn't really given the opportunity. So, but, um, you know, I, that's where theater comes in. And I always go back to theater uh, because it enables you to step out of the box and be something different and, and play something different, you know, mm. given the opportunity. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. What's the best and worst experience you've had in this industry thus far? Uh, <laughs> once again, I mean, I've, I've done so much stuff, it's like hard to just tap into. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, I, I, I always enjoy myself on, on the shows. I, I'm loving 
being on In the Cut right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they just may be a co-executive producer mm-hmm. on it. Um, I love Congrats, working with. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I work. I love working with uh, Bentley Evans, um, who is oh my gosh, uh, creator of Martin and uh, Jamie Foxx show, just a legend himself. Mm-hmm. And um, he writes and directs uh, most of our episodes, mm-hmm. um, but he also allows actors to be actors, and he is that actor's director where and what I'm saying I say that to say that he gives us the situation we have the template which is the script Mm -hmm. but we're also allowed to play and have a good time and you know throw some stuff in there that's going to be funny or we think is is funny but play around with the script it's not so regiment that we have to follow the script and um, you know the cast that I'm working with is so hilarious on and off camera um, that sometimes that they have to cut us up and it's be like stop okay you guys are going way too far yeah. um, so I'm having a great time you know of, of course the Parkers um, uh, the Steve Harvey show I, I had a great time uh, doing that as well mm-hmm. Wendy Raquel Robinson who I played opposite of I played a character by the name of Warrington Steele mm-hmm. and uh, he was an ex-football player and uh, uh, Steve was my nemesis, or I was his nemesis, right. I should say, and um, and so we're vying for her affection and whatnot. So that was a lot of fun. I did that for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, there are so many, man. Um, worse, um, I will not name the movie, <laughs> but it was one of our productions. Oh man, I, I have to say it, right. and um, it was a stereotypical kind of situation Mm -hmm. where everybody was late Mm -hmm. nobody was prepared um, food wasn't right we sat around for hours at a time and this is recent actually this is like uh, six months ago Um, hours at a time before you're called Um, you know just stuff like that just I I, I pride myself on being professional as I can, and I think I have a reputation of you know being on time, know, showing up, knowing my lines, being you know, just it, it, doing my job right. is what it is, you know. And uh, yeah, I don't deserve a pat on the back for that. It's it, that's where you know your longevity and uh, you working in this business comes, you know, with your reputation. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, that was the complete opposite, and you know, it was just. And towards the end, I was just like, I, you know, I need my paycheck because right, right, right. uh, it's a wrap. And so, you know, you, do, you sometimes you don't get paid, and you know, mm-hmm. I ask for my money up front. No, I hate you, man. Yeah, That's- Monique taught me that. She was like, before she hits that stage, mm-hmm. she is getting her money in cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and um, no, no. Uh, well, I'm going to pay you after the box office. No, no, no. no. I, I this is in the contract. This is what I said, and she's not. You know, appeared on stage, yeah. And so I've learned that the hard way Mm -hmm. because you know I've done productions where you know it was three months later Mm -hmm. uh, before I got paid, and so now it's I need my money up front. Absolutely, yeah. It's not being the an ass. It's just you know that's business, and so you know things happen. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Now you talked about Monique and what she taught you, and now I know you've seen the headlines where she was trying to boycott Netflix, mm-hmm. you know, for gender bias. Now I have a two-part question for that. First, I want to know: Do you believe there's gender bias in Hollywood? And two, do you feel that Monique is taking the right approach to get the results she wants? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was hoping we wouldn't do this, <laughs> but 
the first part, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first part, uh, yes, of course, there's uh, a bias, um, gender, gender, uh, race, um, uh, sexuality, all of the above, and it, you know, it's getting better. Uh, it's never going to go away. I don't. I don't think. And um, the more that we write and produce and direct our own stuff, the better it's going to get. Um, so you have that. The, uh, Monique's thing. I, it's not a day that doesn't go by that I don't get stopped. That you know, asking you know what is going on and blah blah blah. I'm not in her mind. I don't understand. Um, it is that's her decision. I fully understand where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. Going about it the way she did, I would have handled it differently um, because I, I feel like getting everybody else involved in her situation, you know, uh, where you have brothers and sisters who are making minimum wage and, you know, she's fighting for, you know, equality, uh, getting paid a certain amount of money. But to the common Joe, I, you know, they can't relate to, you know, the millions of dollars or whatever she was offered. Mm. And so, like I said, that that's the way that she handled it. I don't think I would have brought everybody in, but I totally agree w- with uh, the principle of um, uh, that she stands for. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, I mean, because she's made um, comparisons to like Amy Schumer. Who absolutely. Like 13 million. Yeah. They offer her uh, 500,000. Yeah, I don't think she's worth that little and that far off. Absolutely. Amy, like, she definitely deserves a whole lot more. She's a yeah. legend in the game, but I think she should just do it on her own and then try to sell it. And right. I think she'll make the money that way, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. Now, um, but do you think there's a, a double standard with the whole, um, you know, gender bias and the Me Too movements? You know, for example, um, I don't know if you've seen that American Idol episode when Katy Perry, she was um, a 19 year old was auditioning for her male, mm-hmm. and uh, he said he never been kissed or anything like that. And she was like, "What? Oh my God! Come she here!" She tried to kiss. Yeah, she did. She right. did. And then he, she, he went to kiss on the cheek, and she turned, and kissed him right. in the mouth. Now, if that was Lionel Richie, the co-host, right. he would have got blacklisted from Hollywood, right, right. get out the show. So, do you yeah. think there is a double standard? Yeah, absolutely, a- absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it gets so out of hand. The thing that I have the problem with is a, a lot of these different. People mm-hmm. and not just women right. um, are coming forth, you know, years later and jumping on this bandwagon of, uh, you know, possibly, um, you know, getting something out of it mm-hmm. or, you know, defaming or um, ruining somebody's uh, reputation mm-hmm. where. You know, something could have been said years and years ago. It, it, now it's more out in the open, and you know, people are backing um, each individual or whatever. Um, but that's the problem that I have. It should have it should have been dealt with at the time, not twenty years later. And um, you know, now it's a thing to do, and and you know, but it's it's never a, a right situation for anybody to force himself upon anybody, mm-hmm. especially in this business. You know. Um, and it happens all the time, so it's yeah. like, where do you draw the line, too? That's true. I mean, I'm, I mean, he didn't have a problem with it, so I guess that's why it didn't blow up. You right. Know, some people would wanted it to be, but right. at the end of the day, you know, I'm sure Katy Perry didn't mean anything. By Absolutely, that. and you know, who knows if uh, you know some of these gentlemen didn't mean it, and that that's just their personality or whatever, inappropriate and all. Yeah. But um, you know. Uh, yeah, and sometimes it just it needs to be reprimanded. My whole thing was, you know, bring it to fruition when it happens, you know, so. That's true, that's true. Yeah. So tell me, how do you avoid distractions and stay focused, you know, because I know a lot of people that 
fall into the alcoholism, yeah. and drugs, and women. Well, and I'm no different, man. Um, you know, yeah, I'm real good, and I'm always professional. I, um, uh, but when I do have downtime, mm. that's where the demons come in to play. That I'm sitting around, I don't have to be anywhere in a, spe- a specific time or place or whatever. Uh, and so I went through a period of that. Um, uh, right now, once again, I um, I'm clean, I'm sober. Um, and it's been four months. Um, yeah, but you know, it, it could change in a heartbeat because in this business, it's everywhere. It's right. so prom- uh, prevalent. Um, you know, we we are at entertainment, um, uh, at uh, parties and events and and what have you all the time. And mm-hmm. so you're just around it, and you try to fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm not the most social person, and so sometimes it it. In the past, it had calmed me down, and I'm be uh, I'm able to socialize, and um, you know, but now I try to use a different tool, and um, you know, just be in focus and um, knowing what I have to do. But it's such a better way of life, um, you know. But don't <laughs> quote me if you see me out, and you know, in a month or two, and I had a little cocktail or whatever. Yeah. But you know, right now it's working for me, so. That's good, man. Yeah. And you mentioned like when you have downtime, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes those demons come out. But how, how do you unwind to get away from the industry life? Uh, well, I surround myself with really good people. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that are in my life are my family and my friends, friends who I've had for at least 25 years. Right. And so um, they are, they're the right of dies. They're the ones that if I get a... Uh, Orkin, mm. uh, you know, pest control commercial. Yeah. They're like, oh, brother, you know, <laughs> you the man. Yeah, yeah, right. Like I'm working with Denzel or something, you know. So <laughs> it's, you it's, probably a, are it's dope. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I don't see myself as that. But you know, you need that sharing squad, and you know, this business is so tough that there is so much rejection. Mm. You know, so when something does good happen to you, you need somebody patting you on your back and you know giving you that extra boost. To, to keep it going That's cool man Yeah So tell me How, how do you keep yourself Looking so fit and young I'm man I'm in that gym I am in that gym And you know There's nothing more humbling Than being on television All the time mm-hmm. And you I, uh, And the funny thing is man I can tell Like especially on the Parkers Yeah The, the beginning of the season The middle of the season And the end mm. The beginning I am felt I am like gunned up And uh, you know I'm like That 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 We just started that season yeah, yeah, yeah. Middle You see me gain a little weight I'm still You know Intact by the end You know Craft service does Craft service Oh man It's they like you up though Yeah they but they, Yeah but it's too much It's like every you know, uh, hour there's something new out on the table, and it's like, yeah, okay, I'm just gonna taste it. But after you don't taste, you know, eight things throughout the day, that adds up, right? right you know, right. so um, yeah. Have but I just vegan? tried. Well, have uh, you tried the vegan? Stuff? I, uh, no, no, yeah, it wasn't for me. <laughs> no. But that's why I'm so tough. Um, I, I hang so tough in the the gym. Yeah, I like eating what I like to eat. I don't eat bad. But I'll eat what I want to eat. Right. And, uh, you know, if there's something that is bad, it is um, in moderation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that that's what I that's my discipline right there. But I'm in the gym. I, I, I love working out. Um, so I always do that. That's yeah. what's up. Yeah, I try to do the same thing. Yeah. Keyword try. Yeah. yeah you know, well, that's down, all but... you can do, man. You know. And I love it. My uh, my son and my daughter are both gym rats as well. And so I work out with them too. So 
Gotcha. So now, do, do your kids, do they, uh, do they listen to the same music you do? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, somewhat. I'm kind of eclectic. I, I listen to jazz. I listen to um, R&B. I listen to, you know, a little bit of rap. Yeah. Not, not heavy. Uh, <laughs> not um, the new stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, my playlist is pretty extensive. Okay. So, yeah. But uh, I don't do the explicit lyrics mm. uh, at all. Uh, where I can come into uh, one of their cars and it's blasting. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Dad doesn't do that. But I, I, it's not something I'm doing with age. I've always been like that, and so I, I don't know if I'm just a prude or, or what. But I didn't like loud music, and I did, and a bunch of garbage, you know, over the top stuff. I, I, I feel like it's it's. It's great to be able to express yourself, but there, there's some stuff that is just so out there that it's like, who, who talks like that? Right, you know? right, but right. It's relatable to some people, I'm sure. Not so, me. So tell me, if you were stuck on an island oh, and God. you had one album to take with you, what artist would that be? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm old. Yeah, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm old school, so uh, give me some Luther. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Especially on an island. I need yeah, to be romantic and uh, you know, even if it's just with myself, you know. <laughs> and what's yours? Michael Jackson. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Any album. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. Just the greatest hits. I'll right, right, that. right. Okay, I, I'll go with that too. Yeah, yeah. he's the man. Uh huh. But now I, I hear what you're saying about the newer generation of music. You know, it's a little all over the place. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it could be explicit, a bit aggressive. You know, but I I came from that. You know, as far as like you know, that aggression and battle rap and stuff mm-hmm. like that growing up. But that's how you grow up, yeah. Yeah, so I can up. appreciate where it comes from. You know, so yeah. but I like the, I like the um, you know expanding my horizon when it comes to music. I listen to a lot of R and B, salsa music, okay. you know, country music. My girl, she's a Huge country fan, so she's oh, playing sure. Blake Shelton and right, right, Jason right. Aldean and nice. all that stuff. You know, so uh-huh. so I, especially being an artist, you want to have your mind open when you create. Absolutely, you know, because you don't want to sound the same, because then you never really mm-hmm. get anywhere. And right, right, that, that sucks in this whole deal. Yeah, I definitely agree, man. I I try to expand my horizons and be, you know, accept all variations of, of music and everything. But I kind of fall into that. You know, the old school stuff, Eric Benet, uh, Lettucey, um, I, I just, you know, just a lot of smooth jazz kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's me. Do you encourage your kids to get into the industry also? No, 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 sir. Oh, really? <laughs> no, no, no. It was years and years ago, Andre Mon, mm-hmm. uh, that they had a little kid scene. Mm-hmm. And I tell this story all the time. That's mm-hmm. why it's like forefront in my mind. Yeah. But they had a little kid scene, and I had wa- worked until 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And my kids were always talking about doing the show, or they want to be on TV and whatnot. It, not not oh dad put me on TV mm-hmm. but I you know in the back of my mind I was like if I can help them out I will right. so they had a little extra scene with a kids party scene mm-hmm. and so I brought my daughter and my nephew mind you I got off at 3am they had to be there at 6am mm-hmm. for this party scene and, and what not um, so I asked them if they want to do it yeah I want to do it I want to do it and uh, I'll never forget this so John Landis mm-hmm. was directing that episode so the party's going on, all the little kids are playing around and whatnot. I turn and I look, and in the right-hand corner 
are my daughter and my nephew, and they're pretty much cowering uh, to to each other, not looking at anybody, not talking to anybody, not looking at the camera, nothing. Mm. And so John turns to me, Landis, and says, "Damn, Dory, did you need the fifty bucks that bad? <laughs> <laughs> never again, never again." So, but um, no, there was one point that. Um, uh, my my daughter wanted to do some acting, and I got her headshots and way and whatnot. And as quickly as that happened, it, it changed, and she went on to something else. But both my kids are pretty charismatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son's into music okay. and producing, and oh, okay. um, yeah, and he, he DJs and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, my sis, uh, my my daughter, um, she does a lot of PR and stuff for me as oh, well. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, so she does red carpet events and, and whatnot, um, but uh, real good good kids who can talk to anybody, and mm-hmm. I love that about them. So they're they're not shy of being in this business. That's cool, you know? man. Keep yeah. it in the family. It's how the rich stay rich. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, are you into like investing at all? Real estate, stocks, bonds. Of course. Yeah, That's why man. I'm still here, man. That's what I'm talking That's about. That's why I'm still here. I've seen so many people, you know, fall by the wayside. When you're you're given this opportunity, you make so much money, you know, and it's new money. Mm. You know, you don't quite know. We didn't grow up in a time where we were given a blueprint and said, you know, this is what you need to do with your money. Invest it here and do that and whatnot. I was fortunate enough that I had somebody uh, take me under the wing, and I have a, a full portfolio mm. and uh, bought some uh, real estate as well. But um, like I said, you know, when you're given the opportunity. Uh, and you don't know, you know, how to make your money, uh, manage your money, mm-hmm. um, you know, whew, yeah. you know, there, there goes that new uh, Mercedes or um, Range Rover or whatever, you know, the, or this uh, house that you can no longer afford, right. you know, because you didn't manage your money. And so, you know, yeah, I definitely and I pass it on to my kids to, um, you know, to save their money and to invest it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that's an important part. Yeah. You know, just in life in general, yeah. saving money, investing in the right mm-hmm. way, and using it wisely. Yeah, uh, but that's, that, that definitely should be part of your course of uh, when you're, you know, trying to get into this business, mm-hmm. understand? and especially in music as well. Right. You know, your, your contracts are uh, tricky, mm-hmm. you know, and so if you don't know anything about your, your business and how you're handling that, there goes your money as well, right. um, that you're giving all your money to somebody else because you, you didn't read, uh, you know, the, the contract the way it's supposed to be, and, um, you know, so... Just be smart about. It. It's nobody's business to teach you business. Yeah, educate yourself. Right, right. For real. Definitely. Speaking of educating yourself, tell me, um, what's your advice for an aspiring actor, writer, or future director, whatever, coming to Hollywood? Like, what's what's the most effective approach? Mm-hmm. You know, right? What do you think so? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I taught uh, acting eight through eighteen-year-olds in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and one of the first things that I, I, I taught them is to get their education. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be at the right place at the right time and get that perfect job and uh, you know th- this great role. Um, but if you don't have anything to sustain, if you don't have your acting chops and, and uh, something that uh, your foundation mm-hmm. for your acting, you you'll be a flash in the pan. Right. It'll be like whatever happened to you know such and such because you 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 don't know what you're doing. Right. You know. So then get your your um, 
to learn your craft mm -hmm. so you're ready when that big break happens and you'll be able to sustain it. So that and with hard work and dedication and God's will that there is nothing that you, you can't do. You just put your mind to it and um, you know, you'll, you'll get a lot of no's. But, um, you know, the yeses make it all the worthwhile. Right, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Okay. So tell me, um, you know, being that you've been in this game for so long, you're like a legend in almost everybody around you's eyes. How determined are you to get that star in the Walk of Fame? Is it even <laughs> a thing for you at this point? Oh, that's so funny. I was thinking about that today. I heard uh, the Wonder Woman right. was get, uh, getting her uh, star today. And, you know, that's a legend right there. Mm -hmm. um, and, but I uh, recently, I, I think it was about three weeks ago, walking down the, the uh, Walk of Fame and uh, seeing, you know, you, you see those recognizable names and everything. And then you see people that are so obscure that you're like, who the hell? I don't. And I'm like, I I should have one of these, yeah. you know. So I don't think it, it's immediate or anything that I am going to be focused on right now. But certainly before my career is over, I I, I would want to be recognized like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think it'd be a cool thing. Yeah, I definitely think you deserve one. Oh, thank you, brother. Keep doing your thing. I appreciate I'm sure it. Get it, man. I'm gonna try. Yeah. I'm gonna try. Yeah. <laughs> so so what's next for you? Um, like I said, we, we wrapped our, our season four of In the Cut, mm -hmm. and hopefully, pretty sure, uh, we'll be picked up for our fourth season. So that'll be another 13 episodes. But uh, I leave to uh, go to Atlanta the beginning of May for Mother's Day to, uh, to do this play. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, just keep, uh, keep on that grind and, uh, you know, hitting the pavement and and looking for jobs. So, um, you know, I have some things in iron that, you know, you don't want to talk about it until it happens because then you'd be like, uh, I don't want to jinx anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's a couple of really good uh, projects, uh, movie-wise, um, that I'm up for. And, you know, it's pilot season, so anything could happen. But I did get another show. It's called um, Game On. Okay. And it was picked up by Punch TV. Mm. And uh, the premise is it's a, a, a dance. Uh, show. I play a father of two um, young ladies, mm -hmm. and I have a son as well. Mm -hmm. But the two um, uh, women are on the, a dance squad, right? And there's a big competition, mm -hmm. and uh, pretty much we can figure this out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so big competition. One of my daughters hurts herself; she can't enter the big competition, mm -hmm. and uh, we pretty much know how it ends. So um, we got picked up. I actually. Didn't think it, the show was going to get picked up. I did it as a favor for a friend mm -hmm. who was uh, directing the piece and helped write it. Um, and, I, you know, I was like, yeah, I learned my name and credibility to the project. And um, I get this phone call like three weeks ago saying, hey, we were picked up for 10 episodes. Mm -hmm. Ching. Ching, ching. Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah. So, it, it's all good. And I, I think it's going to be a great show. The, the young ladies that they have dancing are amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't seen uh, any of the finished product yet. So, I'll be looking forward to starting that um, in a month or two. Gotcha. Are you yeah. writing or directing anything of your own coming up? I actually, um, I'm doing a spec for uh, my own show, okay. In the Cut. Mm -hmm. And so, hopefully, we'll see that next season. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have a play that I'm working on, uh, too. It's called... Under the Elm, mm. and it's about a young lady and a boy who meet when they're um, really young, mm -hmm. and um, every year uh, their 
parents take them to these resort houses um, and uh, they meet every summer. Mm. And so they, you see them over the years get older and older and the, the lies separate and then they come back together. Mm. Um, it's a touching uh, story that I'm, I'm so excited about. Sounds good, man. Well, yeah. if there's any uh, audition or acting opportunities, uh, absolutely. Do you sing? Boy, huh? <laughs> of course. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I know you do, man. <laughs> I just do my yeah. thing when I can. Absolutely. Yeah, man. But so tell the people where they can follow you, man. Uh, well, I don't do a whole bunch of social media, but mm. I am on Instagram, uh, Dorian Wilson underscore. That's lowercase D O R I E N Wilson W I L S O N underscore. So check it out. There you go, man. Yeah. Well, again, I want to thank my guests. You know, it's an honor to have you on the show. I'm a fan. You're a legend. You know, I aspire to do great things like you, man. And uh, you definitely uh, showed me a lot of support, you know, since I met you. Absolutely. You know, and it's, like I said, it's an honor, man. Is there any advice you have for me and what I'm doing? Keep doing what you're doing, brother. You have so much charisma. I love your stuff. Um, you, you, you're going to be big, man. Mm -hmm. I, and you heard that here first, but uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one that said it. But right. I... Um, yeah, you I, I just, my mom. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get that uh, money from you later. But uh, no, man, uh, you, you're doing the right thing. You're going about it the right way, and uh, you know, just putting yourself out there, surrounding yourself with good people. Um, you you can't miss. So, Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you, brother. Thanks a lot, man. Right, God brother. bless you and everything yeah, you're doing, man. Stop the bank, ENT TV. First episode, Dorian Wilson, Johnny Vegas. Make sure you stay tuned for more episodes to come. Thank you for watching. Peace. I want to be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a million every week. I want to be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a billy every week. I want to be a billionaire. Billionaire. I want to be a billionaire. Billionaire.